vacation this week. They, they need a break from uh, all of us, I guess. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, but just quick announcements this morning. Uh, missionary A.J. James is here. He uh, preached Sunday school. He'll preach this service and then tonight as well at 630. Um, and then we got uh, Walter Terry. He'll be here Wednesday night uh, as preaching. And then Mother's Day, uh, Sunday, May 14th. Make sure to call, go see, um, just do something nice for your mom that day if she's still around. Um, and let, let's just praise the Lord today um, as we get services going. Uh, do remember uh, everybody's sick and sick and uh, pray for all of our shut-ins. And uh, I'll pray and get the service started. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the ability to come in your house and worship, Lord. And Lord, we have that freedom to do that, Lord, and not everybody does, Lord. We pray for the services today as AJ comes, Lord, that you will touch him, Lord, and we'll be ready to listen. Pray for the singers today, Lord. Pray for the service. Pray for the services around about our county, Lord, in different churches, that your word will be preached, the truth gospel, Lord. Lord, we pray for everybody today as they're here, as they'll go home safely with the weather this evening, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good morning. All right, if you'll stand with me, we'll be singing hymn number 329. We also have it here on the screen, and uh, we're going to be singing, There is Power in the Blood. singing one of our favorites and if I didn't tell you all this JL would come up here after me um, on the course here at Victor Way Baptist when uh, we say he sought me and when we say he bought me we say sold amen we are sold we are no longer our own we are bought with a price and then we sing uh, with his redeeming blood and we want to praise God for that so we're going to lift our hands and we're going to praise God when we say that I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning A 
sing the song of victory, ain't y'all? Now we'll sing uh, <coughs> Hallelujah, what a Savior, and uh, boy, what a what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. shake and greet time and uh, y'all greet one another let them know you're happy to be here worshiping with them
All right, if we make it back to our seats now, we got a special treat here. Um, Miss Emma Hicks, she is my sister-in-law. Very proud of her, and I think Josiah taught her just about everything she knows. <laughs> so y'all make Emma feel welcome. Our pulpit mic's not working today, so we're going to have to improvise. Um, the, <laughs> this is just weird. Um, so the song I'm going to sing this morning is called Lord, I Need You, and I just, I always wait until the last minute to figure out what I'm going to sing, and when I found this song last night, I just thought this is really fitting because every hour I need him, and every hour all of us need him. So if y'all know this song, just sing along with me. <clears throat> y'all didn't know I was a mic stand. <laughs> if you'll uh, go with me now to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for the for just a new opportunity to sing your praises, to glorify your name, Lord. We come to you now asking that you be with us through this service, Lord. May you burden us for your holiness. Lord, work in hearts today. Convict those who need to be convicted. And give peace to those who need the peace, Lord. Lord, thank you for coming to this world, Lord, sending your son to die, to pay the ransom that we all owed, Lord. May our one goal today be the glory, your glory. Lord, thank you for the love that you have for us. In your name I pray, amen. 
All right, we'll sing one more before the preaching. And uh, it's one that one that I love. It's uh, Show Us Christ. And uh, in the bridge of this song, it says, Where else can we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Uh, I often end up asking myself that question. Why would we go anywhere else? Y'all sing with me.
Amen. Now, if y'all uh, make welcome our guest speaker, A.J. James, y'all give him a good hand. All right. Well, good morning. You have some great talent in your church, and I appreciate your church very much. What a blessing for your pastor to be able to go off and preach other places and go on vacations and do the things he needs to do and be able to trust that things will go on as they would normally go on. That's a, uh, a great blessing to him, and it's a great blessing to me for the invite to be able to be here again this morning. And uh, as I said in Sunday school, this is one of the uh, probably first five churches that took us on as missionaries for support, and we appreciate that. And I'm going to say this very quickly before I get started, and then I am going to go ahead and get into the book of God this morning because I've got a kind of long message, and I don't want to keep you over. Uh, But I know that Walter Terrell is going to be following me. He's going to be coming here on Wednesday, I believe. I just spoke to him last week. And I just want to be sure that you tell him that he learned everything he knows from me. Amen. You be sure to do that. Uh, And he's here being supported because of me. Amen. Uh, you guys started supporting me when I was a missionary to the public schools, assisting uh, and volunteering with the Rock of Ages, and Walter was the missionary who mentored me. Uh, so I traveled around with that joker for three and a half years all over the East Coast, and I uh, don't even know where all we went, but he took me everywhere, and, and uh, Brother Walter is a blessing, and I know he'll be a blessing to you as well. Uh, so anyway, make sure you tell him about A.J. James. Amen. All right, well, we're going to be in the book of John this morning, waiting on my device to come up today. I'll I'll be the first to admit, uh, I turned on my iPad the other day after I uh, was prepared to to, uh, preach and teach this morning, and it came up and there was nothing there. And I have, I don't know, probably 300 different uh, messages and, and notes on this thing, and they were all gone. So today I have two iPads in my phone, all three, to make sure that I've got my message with me this morning. Amen. All right. So this morning we're going to be again in the, uh, I may have said, Matthew, we're going to be in the book of John chapter 14 this morning. John chapter 14. Before we get started here this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just want to say again, thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning to preach the Word. And Father, I sure do need you this morning. Lord, I'm unworthy to be up here this morning, but Father, I know that all things are possible through you. So Father, I pray God that you would take this Word this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help that lost soul out here in the congregation this morning to be able to apply it to their lives. Father, maybe there's one here this morning that's saved and they just need encouraged, Lord. I pray, God, that you do that for us this morning. Uh, But most of all, Lord, I just pray, God, again, that you would hide me behind the cross. Lord, that they not hear this unworthy vessel, Lord, but see you for what you are and hear your precious word. And we'll give you all the praise, honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message this morning is, Don't Worry, Be Happy. We have any other preachers in here this morning? I'll be the first to admit that uh, I actually heard another preacher preach this, so uh, I stole his outline, amen? Uh, that works really good, takes a lot of time off my hands. So, uh, But no, I, I, I heard this message preached, and, and I did appreciate uh, the message very much, so um, of course I used it and made it my own, but uh, I just pray God, that God will use it here this morning. Uh, listen, if you're here this morning, uh, and as we talked about in Sunday school, I'm not judging you. I'm here to say that there's a better way than what you've been doing, and I'm here to say that there's a a glorious Savior in heaven that's standing here with open arms, awaiting on you to just make that change in your life. It's very simple and it's free, and I can assure you by the time this service is over this morning, we're going to offer you that opportunity, and I just hope and pray that this message will help you this morning. So again, in the book of John, chapter 14 and verse 1, very familiar passage here. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Good old Thomas, right? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So here we are at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry and at the end of His human life. And here He's been discipling and walking with and even protecting these disciples uh, uh, for uh, day after day. They're there by His side. And now all of a sudden, uh, and they, they've been there through these miracles and, and seeing His power even over the winds and the water. And they were safe in His company. And now in a sense, here He is telling them goodbye. All of a sudden, they're feeling alone and maybe even a little bit abandoned. Not understanding where it is that Jesus is going. Not understanding why they can't go there. Assuring Jesus that whatever it takes, even up to the point of death, they'll do it. Now just before this chapter, there in chapter 13, Jesus points out Judas is the one to betray Him. Jesus sees not only the confusion, but also the broken hearts there in His disciples portrayed in their speech. So He says to them there, again in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. And by the way, this word troubled here, it mentions uh, to be stricken with fear or dread, to render anxious or to be distressed, to perplex the mind by suggesting doubts. I'd be willing to believe that most Everybody in here this morning has been troubled at some point in their life and in their Christian walk for a season. I'd be willing to believe that some of you are in that season even now as I speak here this morning. If we look around at world events and watch the evening news just one day, we could easily fall into this troubled spirit. I can assure you of that. So what do we do? Well, Jesus said, going back here to verse 1, to simply believe. Believe in what? Our government? I can assure you that won't get you very far this morning. Believe in our friends? Well, it is nice to have friends, but my friends, your friends, and even family will eventually fail you. Maybe you should just believe in this preacher this morning. No, I can assure you that wouldn't be the right thing to do because by the end of the day, I can promise you in some way I'll fail you as well. But Jesus says very simply, the cure to being troubled and the prevention method for deterring that trouble is simply to believe in Him. He said, you already believe in God, now believe in Me. The answer to a troubled heart is simply this, my friends, to believe in Jesus Christ. We see in the previous chapter how Peter rested there in the bosom of Jesus. He was comforted there in the Lord. And we too can have that peace and that comfort by simply believing on Him. Romans 10.9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So what exactly, brother, does this mean? Jesus gave these men and left for us these three things that we gain from the belief that's spoken of here. Number one, He spoke of a place prepared. If you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, then you're guaranteed an eternity in heaven. It's that simple. You put your faith in Him, you're guaranteed eternity. Forever and ever, amen. Can you imagine eternity this morning? It never stops. There's no time there. We're not on a time limit. We don't have to worry about what time we've got to be there. We don't have to worry about when we're leaving. There's no time. We're just going to be able to... I was talking to the Lord the other day, and I said, uh, I was just thanking Him for the many things, and it just kept coming and coming. I said, well, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to stop because I could go on thanking you all day and I'd never even, you know, I'd not even be a drop in the bucket for all that you've done for me. Imagine we can be there for years just thanking Him, going through our entire lives thanking Him for all the grace that He's bestowed upon us, the many blessings that He's bestowed upon us and the many prayers that He's answered for us. It's a peace beyond understanding to, to, to those people who have yet to be saved. This place, heaven, He calls the Father's house in verse 2. He described the many mansions that are awaiting us. 
By the way, this statement that he goes to prepare a place for us, it doesn't mean that he's going to spend a thousand years making this place that's already prepared for us, amen? He's explaining that his death is preparing the opportunity for them, as well as you and I, to go there and be by his side. How? By wearing the right clothes? By going to church? By giving money to the poor? Not even close. The Bible says you only have to believe. To simply believe in your heart on Jesus takes you from lost to found. It takes you from the old, cold, dark grave to a mansion in the Father's house. It gives you a free pass to skip the great, great white throne. It takes away the fear of hell and it provides an armor of protection for us to fight the battles here on earth. It's like a little boy that was out flying his kite and he lost it in the clouds, but as he held onto the string, he knew it was there because he could always feel that tug on the string knowing that it was still connected. Isn't it great this morning to know that God's always there? We can always feel His presence in our lives if we, ask, if we have ever asked Him, and we can go back to a time that we've asked Him to be our personal Savior. That tug on our hearts reminds us that there's something good at the end of this thing, that there's something worth this fight and this walk called life that we only face for this short season. I can assure you today that uh, it is in fact worth this walk and the troubles and the trials that we go through on a daily basis. Because he said to not let your heart be troubled because of the place that he has prepared for you and for me. Heaven, by the way, is the highest place and the holiest place. Heaven is God's house. It's a land full of mansions for us to dwell in. It's a land built for worship. It's a city with streets of gold in Revelation 21, the most precious stone we know that we'll simply use for asphalt to walk on. How about that? It's the place of eternal light in Revelation 22. His majesty will light our paths and there will be no more darkness. There will be no more tears in heaven according to Revelation 21. There will be no more death. There will be no more sin. There will be no more sorrow. No more suffering. No more funerals. No more obituaries. We're talking about a place called heaven where believers go this morning. Amen? There'll be no more lies there, no more pain, no more curse there in heaven. Imagine a place where everyone gets along. There's no more this group and that group, no more racism, no more wars, no more broken hearts, no more divorce. You won't see wheelchairs and canes and walkers there in heaven either, amen. No more money problems. and You'll have everything your hearts desire, I believe, there in this place that he mentions called heaven. But the one thing better than all the gems and all the pearls and all the mansions and even all the beauty and all the love that's mentioned here in these statements, the best thing about heaven is that we'll see God there in this place. Amen? Matthew 6 and verse 9. Our Father which art in heaven. Revelation 21.3 And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and He will dwell with them and they shall be His people and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. Revelation 21.23 And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And then Revelation 22.4 And they shall see His face, and His name shall be in their foreheads. Can you imagine being able to look upon the glory of God in this place called heaven? The lack of pain, and the joy of rest, and the end of hurt, and broken hearts, and all these things, Certainly we desire. But the fact of the matter is without the King of kings and the Lord of lords sitting on His throne in heaven, none of these things would be possible to any of us this morning. And I wouldn't even exist. We'll get to look upon the face of God once and for all. We'll get the explanation, I believe, for some of these things in the Bible that maybe we didn't understand. I believe we're going to understand all of it. We'll understand the Trinity to a whole and we'll get to see the holes in the hands of Jesus the scar on His side from where He bled out those final drops of blood for you and for me, that we might be saved and join Him in this place called heaven. We'll be joined together with our loved ones and our friends that have gone on before us. I believe we'll get to see Moses and Elijah and Ezekiel, a few of my favorites here in the Bible. But my friends, without God, without His Son Jesus Christ, without believing in Him, without making a decision in our life to simply believe in our heart that He is who He is and that He did what He did and that He can do what He says He can do and come back and take us to heaven, 
My friends, without those things, everything else doesn't matter. If you're a believer, all these things are already given unto you. He tells us to look up to Him. Keep our focus on Him and not let your hearts be troubled. This brings us to the second thing that He tells us here. Not only will there be a great place prepared, but number two, He promised that He's coming back to get us. Amen? Look there in verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The greatest thing that ever happened to us so far is the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, died on a cross to make a way for us to go to heaven and be there with Him. But the second best thing, my friends, is the fact that He's coming back to take us to be there with Him. Amen? Let not your heart be troubled, He said. Why? Because He will come again. He's here teaching the disciples about the events that are going to take place. He's trying to make them understand what's going to happen. Don't worry, He says. I'm leaving, but I'm going to come back. Isn't that comforting this morning? See, this part of the teaching isn't dependent upon anything. He said in the last part there of verse 2, I go to prepare a place for you. Then in verse 3, if I go, then I will come again. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every knee, uh, I'm sorry, every eye shall see Him, and they also which pierced Him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of Him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty, amen. So there's no question that He's coming. He is coming back, my friends. I can assure you of that. The question is, will you be ready when He gets here? Will you be prepared to go with Him when He steps out on that cloud? Man, it would be a good morning for that. Quite a few clouds up there this morning. Are we looking? That's the question. Again in verse 1, Ye believe in God, believe also in Me. Why? Because I'm coming back to take you with Me, that where I am, ye may be also. But are we ready? So Jesus was here in this room fellowshipping with the ones that He had hand-chosen to be with Him during this earthly ministry. These men had believed through the power of the gospel and the miracles that Jesus had performed. They all knew Him and had a relationship with Him. Though at this time they didn't know that He was about to die. They didn't know what was about to happen. They didn't understand what was going on here. They were still prepared to go. How is this, preacher? Because of number three the provision made. Look at verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So they had already prepared their way because they were believers. Simply that. They believed. I hear too many people say today, well, I have to get this one thing right and then I'm going to start coming to church. I still got this one thing that I need to work on before I go to the Lord to get saved. My friends, if there was anything that we had to fix, we'd never get saved, amen? It's all dependent upon Him and what He did there on Calvary. By the way, that's taken care of. There's nothing else that we need to do, amen, except receive Him unto ourselves. Just believe. So This was an answer to the question made there in verse 5, old Doubting Thomas. He said to the Lord, we don't even know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said this, the gospel in simplest form, I am the way. How do we know the way? Because I am the way. How do we make it here without Him on a daily basis? Because I am the way. Where do we find the hope you're talking about in me? Because I am the way. How do we get through these situations that we deal with? I am the way. How do we deal with a broken heart? Again, I am the way. Where's the way? I am. Exodus 3.14, I like this, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And He said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. John 8.58, Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Amen. He is the way. The way to what? The way to an everlasting life in heaven with you and me. Then He said this, I am the truth. The atheist 
may ask, I, I watched a, uh, a video series on this. It was very interesting. Atheists asking, what is the truth? Well, that's a good question. People say, well, evolution's the truth. No, evolution is science. I had this conversation with somebody recently. But science is truth, right? No, my friend, science is theory. And theory is based on opinion. See how far that gets you, amen? So what is truth? Truth is the basis for everything in existence. At the time of this teaching, the disciples there, it was only a guess, a speculation, a belief that Jesus would die and rise again, and they didn't even quite understand that. But less than a week later, it was truth. How do we know? Because the Bible tells us so. For some, let's face it, that's not enough either, right? We need witnesses. And here's where the sovereignty of God comes in. You see, God was careful to devise this plan that the, the, the disciples would see him there in the upper room. But not only would the disciples see him, but as he walked the earth there, over 500 people would be witnesses seeing him there walking the earth after he rose from the grave. He performed miracles and he spoke with people. And ironically, just by happenstance, and yes, that was sarcasm, guess who one of those people was? Old Doubting Thomas. In John 20, 26, the Bible says, And after eight days again the disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it, thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. In verse 28, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. You see, Jesus is the truth. Amen? He left us the provision of His Word. We don't have to wonder what to do. We don't have to guess how to live. We don't have to guess the way. All we have to do is refer to the B-I-B-L-E. Amen? Basic instructions before leaving earth. He could have just left us here to figure it out, but amen, He gave us His Word here in black, white, and red. He said, I am the way, the truth, and then He said, He is the life. Well, what does this mean that He is the life? Well, God left us the provision of eternal life. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Matthew 25.46, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John 6.50 and 51, This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. 1 John 1.9, If we confess, confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Matthew 7.21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And then finally, John 5.24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. My friends, there's so much today going on in this world that can get us worried and get us down. So much that can weigh on our hearts this morning. So many things that distract us and make us ask questions. A few of those things, the economy is the worst it's ever been in a long time. People still blame the prior administration. Divorce is an option for every couple that gets married. So what God called two people coming together as one, now we just simply consider a trial basis. There's little hospitality left in this world. Even in our churches, many preachers think you have to be mean and scare people into heaven. Church attendance is low and people are crazy. Amen. There are people identifying as animals in the opposite sex and we're passing laws left and right to protect and enable those nuts. People walking into movie theaters and restaurants where we're supposed to be able to relax and spend time with our precious families 
and shooting the place up and killing everybody, yet we blame the gun for it. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10.25 to not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together like we are here this morning. Why? As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as ye see the day approaching. If there's ever been a time where that I see the day approaching, it's now. Amen. I'll go ahead and say this. If you don't see it, you're blind. Amen. Amen. Finally, this morning, 2 Peter 3. This is a long read, but I'm going to read it. I'm going to close out here with this this morning. And I'm going to offer you the opportunity to come to know Christ as your personal Savior this morning. Pay attention to this. 2 Peter 3, the second epistle, Beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and of the commandment of the apostles of us the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is this promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing what? That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, my friends. Are you ready? In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to His promise look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in peace without spot and blameless. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. The Lord is trying to draw the disciples' attention here from the trouble and the worries of this old world to simply looking up and believing and trusting in Him. We have to take our focus off everything else and simply look up to Jesus. Just keep looking up to the Father I like this. Don't look around you or you'll get distressed. Don't look inside you or you'll be depressed. Just look up to Jesus and you'll be blessed. Don't worry, my friends. He's coming back. If you're saved, you can be happy and rest in the fact that whether by rapture or by grave, we're going home. Amen? If you aren't saved this morning, if there hasn't been a time that you can go back and remember that you got along with the Lord Jesus Christ and you invited Him into your heart as your personal Savior, if you can't remember a time like that, then I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you forward this morning. You say, brother, I don't like to walk up in front of people. That's perfectly fine. You can sit right there in your seats and do business with the Lord. Maybe you'll walk out that door and not do business. You can do it in the car. You don't have to have a preacher present. Many times I read to you in these Scriptures, He said what? Simply this, believe. We have to believe from our heart that He is who He is. Father, we thank You this morning again for the opportunity to be here, to get into Your Word, to study those provisions, Father, that You've left for us. And now, Lord, to hear the one thing, the most important thing in our life, this, this thing we call salvation. Lord, it's the only thing that matters. In that last day, Father, nothing else will matter. Not the money we made. Not our church attendance. 
not all the tithing, nothing else will matter but the fact that we have asked You or not asked You into our hearts as our personal Savior. So Lord, here this morning as we take this time, I want to invite those that don't know You as their personal Savior down here to get things right before they walk out that back door. So Lord, I just pray God that You would convict their hearts even now. Father, maybe there's some here this morning that are saved, but they need encouragement. Lord, would You help them this morning? Maybe there's one here that says, I I think I'm saved, but I'm just not 100% sure. Lord, again, I pray God that You would give them discernment. Help them this morning to make that move before it's everlasting too late. Lord, we'll give You the honor, the praise, and the glory for everything that happens here. Would You stand as Your eyes are closed and Your heads are bowed, if You can, with me this morning? Very simple. He said all we've got to do is believe. Maybe you've been trying to work your way to heaven. Maybe you've been uh, doing great works for Him. Maybe you're out here witnessing and uh, trying to do great things and telling people where you go to church, but are you saved? Is there ever a time in your life that you asked Him and invited Him into your heart as your personal Savior?